it was at that moment that I realized that corporate America isn't the only way to get the experience that you want. At that moment, it became very clear to me why I was taking this journey and why I was taking this path. Me starting the coaching business, that was my way of getting that marketing experience that I always wanted. Welcome to Smart Career and Money Moves, a podcast for professionals seeking fulfillment and purpose in their careers. Each week, we will sit down with experts and trailblazers to discuss the ups and downs of finding and following your passions, whether it's through climbing the corporate ladder, starting a business, or launching a side hustle. So let's get into the show. I am your host, Jerry Dozier, and... In today's episode, I'm going to tell you all about my story, about my smartest career and money moves. And so it's interesting because my smartest career money move was actually quitting something. I gave up on a career in marketing, which actually led me to taking a role at Tesla and ultimately doubling my salary. And a bunch of good things happened to me after that. So my smartest career money move was actually giving up on a goal that I once had. I studied electrical engineering. I went to North Carolina A&T, and it was somewhat of a, a random selection of a major for me. I was always good at uh, math and science, but I was really motivated to go the electrical engineering route because of my dad. He was an electrician, and so... He spent, you know, 30 years working under electrical engineers and he was kind of like, you know, my daughter is smart and if you're going to do engineering or something like that, you might as well pick electrical. So I went with electrical engineering. It was cool. I finished school and then uh, North Carolina a was really good about having career fairs and so... Uh, I think it was my junior year. I went to a career fair and I just went to a bunch of the different booths and I ended up making a connection with one of the hiring managers and it was for a role with Cummins and it was in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, which was about two hours away from college where I was at the time. And so, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. I ended up interviewing with maybe like three or four different options. And I ended up going with that one because it was actually the best location because something um, that a lot of people don't tell you about studying engineering is that a lot of times the jobs are like all over the country, like in these very small towns and these places you've never heard of. And that's something that people really don't tell you. I mean, everybody thinks that, you know, I'm going to go in these big cities and that there are jobs everywhere for engineers, but the reality is that the average engineer is working in a small town at a company you've never heard of. So I ended up taking a job with Cummins, and I was there for two years, a little over two years, and I thought that I really hated the job. I mean, I thought I hated the work, but what I realized was that I really hated the working conditions. And so the job that I took was 
uh, automation engineering. It was a manufacturing facility. So my job was to maintain the robotics and the assembly line and all the automated equipment that was used to make the engines. And so, you know, I get there. I'm the only black female. I'm the youngest person there. And then on top of that, you know, it's a manufacturing facility. So the hours were, you know, basically 24 seven. And so when I took the job, of course, I, I didn't know what manufacturing was like. I didn't know anyone who had even been in that field. So I didn't even know what questions to ask. And so I ended up not even asking any of those vital questions. So I ended up taking the job and then they tell me that like, oh, well, the hours are like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then the next week you're going to have to do 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And that includes weekends. And it was like this really tough rotating schedule. So I really thought I hated automation engineering. And I was like, this is terrible. I made a huge mistake. But I stuck with automation anyway, because I didn't think that I had a choice. I thought that I picked this major in college. I took this job. I'm just stuck with this career. So I stuck with it for 10 years and I bounced around from different companies because I, when I was at Cummins and I thought I hated it so much, even though I thought I couldn't leave the field, I was like, there has to be some better working conditions. So I started looking for better working conditions. And then I went to a couple of different companies that helped me do that and find that. But all the while, I still wasn't sure if I even liked what I was doing. I made some decent salary jumps along the way. I don't even know what led to that, but I think when I started talking to people about, you know, my peers who are graduated with me, people started talking about their salaries and stuff. And I was like, wait, I'm not making enough. So every time I went to a new job, I would just add on like $10,000 or something to see what happened. And that seemed to work for me. So I made some decent salary jumps, but I was still the only black woman everywhere I went, everywhere I went. I never had any friends at work. I always, you know, just came to work, put my head down, did my work, went home. And so I just never had a connection. And this is like throughout 10 years of a career, having no connection to my work, no connection to the companies that I'm working for. I mean, it was just really weird. So the feeling, knowing the feeling of unfulfillment at work, I mean, I wore it for 10 years. So finally, I'm like, okay. I've been doing this engineering thing for over 10 years now and I'm unfulfilled, you know, I'm making decent money, uh, but I still don't feel like, like what's going on with this career. (laughs) I knew I didn't want to work in manufacturing plants anymore. I was sick and tired of being like shuffled around and being like, you know, pinholed to like these little bitty companies, little bitty towns. I just felt like I didn't have a lot of options. And it's really ironic because people think when you go to school for engineering that like you have all of these options in front of you. I didn't feel that way at the time. They were, I had good opportunities, but they weren't exactly aligned to, you know, everything I wanted out of life. So at this point I had lived in three different cities. I lived in North Carolina. I had moved to Philly and then I had moved to DC. So now I'm living in DC. 
And I get this idea that like, maybe I should go ahead and get the MBA that I always wanted because I actually considered getting my MBA immediately after graduating from undergrad, but I ended up not doing so well on the GMAT. So I ended up going ahead and taking a job. So now I'm like, okay, I'm older. I have more time. Let me try to study for this GMAT again. And let me go and get this MBA. I'm like, this MBA is going to solve all of my problems. I'm not going to have to work in the plant. I'm not going to have this boring work anymore. I'm going to be working with cool people. I had told myself, you know, this full story about how the MBA was going to solve all of my problems. And so I enrolled in the MBA program at the University of Maryland. I absolutely loved it. And one of my favorite projects, uh, it was for a branding class. One of my favorite projects was uh, we had to create a company, a brand, and then walk through every aspect of the brand, how we will market it, everything. And so my team, we came up with a travel concierge company. And it was just really, really cool to me. I had so much fun with that project. All of my marketing classes, you know, that was it. You know, out of all the coursework in the MBA program, I just naturally gravitated to all of the marketing stuff. And so then the light bulb goes off and I'm like, well, maybe... I should try to shift my focus and pivot into marketing for maybe for tech companies because, you know, I have a technology background. I'm into marketing right now. Let's do that. And then there was also this pressure that like when you finish your MBA program, you have to go get this really sexy job because you've paid all this money for this degree. And at the time... You know, it seemed like having an MBA would really get you, you know, get your foot in a lot of doors into, you know, really accelerating your pay and all of those things. So I was like, um, let's try to do that. I failed. It was a complete fail trying to pivot into marketing. Maybe I should clarify. It wasn't really a fail. It was a learning opportunity. What I learned through that is that having, you know, going and getting another degree or changing your education, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to pivot into the new role that you want or, you know, it doesn't make mean that it's going to be any easier to actually getting into a new field. Um, because I was applying for jobs. I was talking to people. I was you know, networking, I was doing all of the things. And finally, I realized that I could have gotten into marketing if I was willing to start at the bottom, like if I was willing to take an entry-level role. But it seemed like the jobs that I were going after, they didn't really allow me to capitalize on the 10 years of work experience that I already had. And that was a, a fatal flaw in, in my strategy was that I was trying to pivot over into marketing like roles that I thought sounded good, but I completely negated the fact that like, if I really want to make this shift, I have to somehow leverage the skills that I already have. And so I wasn't really to start willing to start over at the bottom in the marketing world. And they, nobody in the marketing world trusted me enough to bring me in, you know, at a higher level. And so 
I, I really had to give up on that. I had to give up on that. And so at the time, uh, my partner, he, he was actually finishing an MBA program at the same time. And he got a job opportunity in California. And so I just started looking at companies in California to see, okay, how could I just get out there, right? Like, let's forget marketing for a second. But how could I just get out to California? Who's going to pay me a reasonable amount of money that, you know, will allow me to feel like I didn't waste my time going to get this MBA? So I settled on, um, I saw a couple of roles available with Tesla and it was really a struggle to even move forward with that opportunity because it was in a plant. And I had already said that I'm not going back to a plant. I'm not going back to manufacturing, but, you know, all of my mentors and everybody I knew, they were like, this is a great opportunity. Tesla is a great company. You know, they're up and coming. You don't know where this is going to take you. So I took their advice and it ended up being the smartest career money move I made because uh, when I got there, I mean, it was hard. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. That was the hardest I'd ever worked, but it was also the most money I had ever made. So the the silver lining to that dot, to that opportunity was that it opened up so many doors for me, but I definitely paid the price. So when I say it was the hardest I'd ever worked, the hours were ridiculous because it was startup culture. And so there really were no limits. It was like, how hard can you work? <laughs> how hard can you work? That's how long we want you to be here. So we're talking about nonstop work. And then I think what what actually motivated all of us to work so hard and so crazy was that we were all super bought into the mission, right? <laughs> we were super bought in. We were starting something from the ground up. We could actually see the fruits of our labor. We could see the projects that we worked on, how we went from producing zero cars to thousands of cars and people, you know, buying those cars. And I mean, it was just a whole you could literally see the entire roadmap of like what your work was actually producing. So it was an amazing experience, but we worked really hard for it. And then when I got that first W-2, that's when like the light bulb really went off that like, oh, this is how people are making it, right? And so that first W-2 that I got, it was the first time that my W-2 was over six figures and the leading number started with a two. So I had, you know, I had started making six figures probably. Yeah, I was I was making close to six figures while I was in the MBA program. But I had never even thought about like making two hundred thousand dollars. I didn't even think about. I don't even know if I thought that was an option for me. Because you had just always been told that like, oh, six figures, six figures is like all you need. And so like when I got that first W-2 and it was like well over $200,000, I was like, wow. Hmm. I didn't even see that for myself. And yet here it is. And so I'm like, what do I do with all this money? <laughs> Quote unquote, all this money. And so it's like, no, I wasn't rich. 
I was still paying California taxes. I was still paying California living expenses. But I had way more money than I needed, right? I was able to live, you know, and still had plenty of money left over. And so I was like, what am I going to do? I think I'm going to start investing because at the time I had been listening to all sorts of podcasts and uh, about the stock market and real estate. And I had been exposed to real estate for a very long time. Uh, my dad actually owns a, a real estate brokerage. I had my real estate license at, at one point. And a lot of, at this point, a lot of my friends are like in real estate investing and, you know, starting to build portfolios. So I'm like, I have this extra money. I'm going to buy me some real estate. I'm going to start getting me some residual income. And another thing that kind of motivated me to go ahead and get some other income was because while I was at Tesla, we actually went through several rounds of layoffs. And at the time, I was actually a manager. I went to Tesla as an a individual contributor, but while in the, in the first six months, I was promoted into, uh, to be a manager. So as a manager, right, a new manager, and you're having to like lay people off. I mean, that was one of the hardest things I'd ever had to do was like literally call people in an office. They have no idea what's going on and tell them that like, there's no job here for you here anymore. So being on the other side of the table, I was like, that does not it, like it didn't feel good for me. I was like, I definitely need to get in front of the fact that one day that could be me on the other side of the table. So that was another reason why I was like, I got to get some other income coming in. So it was 2018 and an opportunity came my way. Someone presented two properties to me and I kind of had to talk my partner into it at the time because he was kind of like, I don't know, you know, at the the, the the properties were in Cincinnati, which is where I'm from. And he was kind of like, I don't know about that. Like, these properties look weird. These are like um, quads, like four unit, small apartment buildings. He was like, these properties look weird. I don't know anything about that. Um, and I was basically like, look, if you don't go in on these properties with me, I will do it by myself because I'm starting, you know, I'm on a journey to getting my other income going and I want to get it going now. And so there was one property for 100,000 and another property for 130,000. So, and we were putting 25% down. So we had to come up with $60,000. And so I essentially went from zero doors of real estate to seven doors of real estate overnight. And that came out to be about, we used to, we, we made about $800 in profit per month per building. And so that was another light bulb moment where I'm like, oh, okay. So if I can continue to take the money that I'm earning from, you know, my stock that I'm getting, you know, any bonus money, any extra savings that I'm able to get, if I continue to plow all of that money into purchasing more real estate, like this could, you know, multiply very quickly. And at the time, I wasn't even thinking about replacing my salary. I was just thinking about, uh, well, now I don't have a car payment or, you know, now maybe this can pay for, 
you know, I was thinking about bill elimination. Like, how can I take down my living expenses? And like, what could this real estate essentially pay for for me? And it just really dawned on me that like, the only reason I was able to come up with $60,000 is because I had such a high income job that, you know, I was able to do that in a couple of years. And I know that's not common, but that is when, you know, my brain just literally blew up and it was like, everybody needs a high income job. Like these are the true benefits. I think a lot of people, even myself, when I finished my MBA program and I was thinking about, I want to earn a certain salary. I wasn't thinking about earning a certain salary so that I could take thousands and thousands of dollars to go invest. I think I was probably just going to go live better. (laughs) I was probably just going to have a better car, have a better house, save some money. I don't know what I was thinking I was going to do with it. But now my entire perspective has shifted that like you get the high income, the highest income that you can so that you have extra money so that you can start really investing in your future and, you know, setting the stage for what you really want your life to look like. And so that's what I did for several years after that. And then it was, it it really became, you know, I really felt like none of my other jobs really mattered after that point because it was very clear to me what the point in having a job was. It was no longer to just feed myself, you know, pay rent or bills. The point in having a job was so that I could feed and grow my real estate portfolio. That was the entire point of having a job. And so now that I was very clear on my purpose, I was able to just, you know, take certain jobs, make certain moves, you know, do different things throughout the, you know, the next several years that would aid in that singular goal there. So now it's been a couple of years. It's 2020 and I'm coming off of maternity leave, actually. And we don't really know it yet, but the world is about to shut down. I'm coming off maternity leave in March of 2020. And lo and behold, the job that I was working at the time, first they furloughed us and then they let us all go. And so this was my first time, you know, being on the other side of the table, you know, being in a position where my role was actually the one eliminated. But the timing, the timing of it, it wasn't terrible timing. Because at this point, you know, it had been two and a half years of growing the real estate portfolio. And I was in a decent space, right? I was thinking to myself, okay, I'll just go find another job and continue to grow my real estate portfolio. It wasn't the end of the world. Because I had kind of already had a preview that this could possibly happen to me. I had that preview three or four years prior. And so now it had finally happened. So now I'm like, well, what do I want to do? And I decided that let me go ahead and pivot away from automation. Let me see what software is about. 
Let me see if I just want to dive straight into software engineering. Maybe it's a better fit. We'll see. And I ended up taking a boot camp because I was like, let me just brush up on my skills. I hadn't done any hardcore uh, programming in uh, several years because at this point I was already a manager. So I was like, let me just brush up on my skills. Went to a boot camp. And long story short, after the boot camp, I got a job very quickly. Right. I got a job very quickly. But I had a lot of my peers who were in the program. I realized that, you know, they were somewhat struggling, you know, and finding a job. And I was, you know, starting to put the, the pieces together that like I know something that they don't know about finding jobs. I know something that they don't know about, like navigating your way into companies and doing this and that. And in that program, we also had a career coach, right? We had a career coach. They have a, a career services portion, you know, aimed at helping people find jobs afterwards. And I was really in, you know, into that portion of the program, right? I was always raising my hand. I always had a perspective. I always had something to say. And then finally, I'm like, I probably could be a career coach to these people in this program. Because I've went through the exact same program they did and I have a job and they don't. <laughs> so that that was one piece that was kind of going on. And then I think uh, another thing that was kind of going on in the background is that as I'm building the real estate portfolio and I'm listening to the podcast and I'm watching YouTube, I, I'm starting to get more and more exposed to the coaching space that people have a skill set. Uh, they know how to do something and now they're teaching other people how to do it. And it's like my personality just always um, kind of lends well towards coaching. I'm always giving somebody advice about something. And then, you know, I was a manager, so I'm literally a coach for my job. And so all of these stars are just aligning, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm really a coach at work. I have a skill set in helping in, in navigating careers. There are people in the tech world who have the tech knowledge, but they still don't have what it takes to navigate their careers and get, you know, the roles and everything. So the stars just align. I'm sitting at home, you know, after being laid off. And I'm like, now's the time. Let me start another business. So I was like, I, I'm, I'm really going to go all in on the coaching business. The career coaching business. And so I start off working on my business plan and get my marketing together and all of those things. And I just softly put out there at some point in 2020 that, you know, I wanted to help some people uh, in their careers. And the response I got, I mean, I immediately people were like, yeah, I need to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And so I did that for a while, you know, just helping people for free trying to understand what issues they were actually having. And it was weird because probably six or seven months in, one of my classmates who was in the MBA program with me, she emailed me and she's like, hey, Jerry, um, did you ever pivot into marketing? Like, did you ever go get that marketing experience? 
And I, I replied to her. I said, no, I never found a job in marketing, but I'm actually starting my own coaching business. And I'm putting a lot of those tools that we learned to use. And I mean, I really just ran with that because it was at that moment that I realized that corporate America isn't the only way to get the experience that you want. At that moment, it became very clear to me why I was taking this journey and why I was taking this path. Me starting the coaching business, that was my way of getting that marketing experience that I always wanted. And, you know, through trial and error and going through marketing material and reviewing all of my courses and going to YouTube University, getting coaches, like I did all of the things once I realized that what it's going to take for this coaching business to be a success is for me to really get this marketing thing down. And it's like, you said you want to do marketing. Here is your chance. And so here we are now, three years since I first had the idea that I wanted to launch my career coaching business. And just last year alone, I 10 x my LinkedIn audience. I started selling packages for $5,000 for one-on-one coaching. I have repeat clients. And I'm really loving the season that I'm in right now. The real estate portfolio has continued to grow. We're now over 100 doors. And I'm giving people the chance to utilize their corporate careers just like I did to really change change the relationship that their family, that their bloodline, that to give them, you know, a, a life that they really didn't even think was possible for them. Because some of my clients right now, I mean, they come to me and they're like, oh, I think I want to make, you know, they throw out one dollar figure and then we're done working together and and they're make, you know, they end up getting an offer for something that's like, I didn't even think I could make that. And so it's really fulfilling to see other people being able to utilize corporate to their advantage, right? And so the other thing that kind of packaged this whole thing up is like, I'm using all of the automation experience that I thought I hated. I'm using all of that experience in the real estate business. It's helping me, you know, create and streamline and basically create passive income. So I'm using my automation experience to create passive income. And now I'm creating, I'm being able to use the marketing experience to create a coaching business where I'm really paying it forward and I'm really helping people do something different and to to get away from that feeling of unfulfillment and being underpaid. And so what I've learned about being unfulfilled through all those past experiences that your passion, it won't come to you. It won't come to you. Most people are sitting around. They're like, oh, I need to find my passion. I'm unfulfilled. And they don't know what to do with it. But what I learned is that you have to walk the journey until you find it. 
And so I had to keep walking the journey. I was feeling unfulfilled at first. I didn't know why I was doing automation engineering. I didn't know how it was going to help me later on. I picked up all the, the, you know, the coursework and the study of marketing, but I didn't know how I was really going to use it. I didn't know how it was going to serve me to my benefit. And then I had to, I ended up taking another job in automation. You know, one that I said went at the point where I said I wasn't going back. I ended up taking an, another job there. And that ended up being the job at Tesla. And that ended up being the pivotal moment that really led to pulling all of the pieces together, right? Because where I sit today is now I understand why the automation, I understand the value of the automation experience. I understand the value of, you know, the marketing coursework. I understand the value of doubling my salary. So all of those things are coming, you know, have now come together, but I had to walk the journey to find it. And I think I, I can actually say that I think I found my passion for now. In this season, I found my, my passion. And so if I go back to um, my smartest career, Money Move, which is giving up on a corporate career in marketing, like had I not done that, had I not done that, I wouldn't have the real estate portfolio because they wanted to pay me like $60,000 to get an entry-level marketing job. I would not have a real estate portfolio. I would have not have been able to come up with a down payment to start purchasing properties. I probably wouldn't be in a coaching space either because I'd be so busy hustling at my marketing job that I probably wouldn't have had any free space and time to think and get my thoughts together and map out a plan to actually pursue that dream either. And so the last thing I'll leave you with is that if you're not who you want to be, if you're not where you want to be, or you're not doing what you want to do, I want you to take action. I want you to make a change. And I don't want you to ever give up. I'm Jerry Dozier, the host of the Smart Career and Money Moves podcast. And you can find me on LinkedIn and YouTube at Jerry Dozier. And you can also visit me at jerrydozier.com to keep up with everything I have going on. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode as much as I did, be sure to hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star review, or share this podcast with those in your network that are striving to make smart career and money moves. Till next week. Bye.